0: You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit CanbyFoursquare.com to learn more.
1: Well, thank you. We are in the middle of a series called Get Smart, Wisdom That Works, and today our title is on trust. In light of that, I've asked Lauren Humphreys and Lori Sprague to share from their personal stories regarding motherhood and trust within the context of Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. But before we dive in, let me first introduce these ladies. Lauren Humphreys has been married to her husband, Eric, for almost eight years, and they have two children, Oliver, who's two and a half years old, and Violet, who just turned one. And a fun fact— that the first letters of each of their first names spell the acronym LOVE. Next is Lori Sprague, who has been married to Doug for 39 years, and together they have five children, four sons and daughters-in-law, and they also have seven grandchildren with one more on the way. So as we begin, we're going to open up our time with a reading of a motherhood blessing and also from
0: the Word of God. The Wide Spectrum of Mothering Prayer by Amy Young. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stain, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fought with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. we don't mean to make things harder than they than they're supposed to be.
2: To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, We need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember and accept them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and
1: mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on your grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. And now let's read from the Word of God, from our passage for today, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, the first version from the NIV. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Another version from the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try and figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God and run from evil. In verse 5 of Proverbs 3, it calls us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to try not to figure out everything on our own. Ladies, as you look back over the years, when have been times in your parenting that you have been most prone to doing life all on your own? Lauren, I'd love to hear from you
0: first. Definitely when I'm just too busy and I'm not taking time to be just to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lori?
2: Well, Shannon, for me, it's when I think I know, when I think I already have the answer, and I forget to ask the Lord for his wisdom. For example, when I was a young mom, I gathered all the information I could find to raise my kids according to God's principles. I was determined to raise them biblically. But the piece that was missing was, even with all that godly info and advice, I still needed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hmm.
1: Yes, definitely. I think both of those also resonate with me. Um, when life gets too chaotic or too rushed, it's hard for me to slow down and really hear from the Lord. And also, along with you, Lori, I collect research and articles, and I love to learn. And while that's a good discipline, just to pause more and to really ask for the Father's input yeah on decisions and circumstances Mm -hmm. um I think another time that I have a hard time really inviting the Lord's voice into things is when life is going really smoothly actually yeah because it's going so well and so it's it's I still need to hear I it's not um void of that like I still need to hear the father's voice even when we're experiencing a, a smooth patch so to speak. Yes. I love how in the next verse, it says to listen for God's voice in everything that we do everywhere we go, that he's the one who will keep us on track. And each of you have really powerful stories of times when you needed to hear the father's voice regarding your children. Would you spend some time and share with us now
0: about those times? Lauren, how about you share first? Thanks, Shannon. One of the seasons in particular that I can remember needing to hear the father's voice was during the season of becoming a mother. Looking back, a definite theme for that time was Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Eric and I were delighted when we found out that we were expecting our first child. We were both working entry-level jobs, but we figured since I was working from home, we could make it work. Our first hiccup came when we had a four-day complicated labor at OHSU. Mm. What we didn't know then was a birth plan that was supposed to cost X amount of dollars ended up costing us triple. Mm. Our second hiccup happened just days after bringing our newborn home. I got an infection and had to go back to the hospital. It's so hard being new parents. For us, we didn't know what was up, what was down, what was day, what Mm -hmm. was night, what was normal, or what we needed to fight for. Mm -hmm. The nurse at the hospital wouldn't let my newborn son stay with me overnight. And so we didn't know that not having a baby with me, made my infection worse hmm. and affected my ability to nurse. At a follow up lactation appointment a few days later, we were informed I wasn't producing enough milk and that I would have to supplement with formula. I was devastated. The life had just been taken out of me on the ride home, confused, emotionally, and physically exhausted. I stared out the window, and I cried. Mm. I cried for me. I mourned the loss of an experience that I wasn't going to get, the experience of nursing coming easy. I cried because I felt alone, because I felt like I had failed as a mother. I cried for my son. How could I have not known that he was starving? How could I have not known that he needed more? And I cried to mourn the loss of this perfect picture that I had had about how things were supposed to go, be, look, and feel. For me, my experience was going to be different, but this news just caught me off guard. It was, I was unprepared, and it set me into a spiral of feeling empty, alone, and like a failure. But God spoke into my life, Psalm 37, 4. God knew what I needed, but didn't know how to ask for it. And that was support. I needed support from people around me, and most importantly, I needed support from my spouse. Mm -hmm. See, up until this time that we had been figuring things out on our own as parents, we'd been trying to to navigate this by ourselves. Or at least that's how it felt to me. But supplementing required that both of us work together. We both had to get up together. We both had to do it together. It was the breath of fresh air that I needed. Our third and final hiccup came when I lost my job three days before returning to work. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. We were a little scared. We didn't know how we were going to pay our bills. And... Now, with the astronomical medical bills that were coming in, we risked losing our house. Even if I found another job with benefits, we hadn't factored in daycare because I worked from home. But Psalm 37, 4, God was at work and he knew what we needed. Mm-hmm. At the risk of becoming homeless, my husband asked for a promotion and against all odds, he was given it to Um, because of the things that God had been doing behind the scenes. His promotion came with a 45% pay increase, Mm -hmm. and I was able to stay at home with my children after the medical bills were paid off. God knew that for me, going back to work with my son was going to be particularly difficult. God knew that through one of the most scariest seasons in my life, what I needed— for me, he was fulfilling a dream that I had had for a long time. Me losing my job was a love offering from God, so he could give me the desire of my heart, which was more time with my children. He continued to give me the desires of my heart through this season, even if it didn't look even if it didn't always look the way that I thought it would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow,. Uh.
1: What a journey, Lauren, to have for, for both you and your husband to have gone through that. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm just really struck at how much you had to give over this ideal, right, of what you thought it was supposed to look like and really call on the Father and rely, I mean, mm-hmm. completely rely mm-hmm. on him to show you and your husband what was next. What are we supposed to do next? Because these are big questions, Mm -hmm. you know, work and our house and caring for a newborn. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot. I'm so grateful for how the Lord really showed up, specifically through that Psalm, but just Mm -hmm. continued to comfort you, but also provided for you in such huge ways. Thank you for sharing that. Lori, what comes to mind for you? um, Being a mother, needing to hear the father's voice about
2: certain circumstances or children? Shannon, there have been many times, but I have three distinct memories of when I needed to hear the Lord that all tie together. They are examples of God working in me through my children to help me see that I could trust him. The first one is when Doug, my husband, and I were trying to have our first child. It took a year for me to get pregnant, and then when I finally did, our son was born eight months later with birth defects and was rushed to OHSU. Doug went along to be with him while I waited to be released from the hospital. In those long hours of waiting, I cried out to the Lord to heal my baby. God's word to me was that he works everything for good in the lives of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When at last I could join them, I learned there was nothing that could be done to save my son and I was able to hold him for the last minutes of his life. It was very difficult when the time came to release him to the hospital staff. I clung to God's promise that there was purpose in my pain. He comforted me in that he knew the number of Chad's days before even one of them came to be. I also began to see how he had been preparing me through words and dreams during my pregnancy that were filled with love and joy and not fear. We were surrounded by the body here at New Life, and God enveloped me in his presence and gave a joy and peace that I could not explain. I had a deep sense of being seen and loved by God. Years later, I was able to see one of his redemptive purposes when I ran into a friend who had been in the same hospital, a single mother delivering her baby the same day as I. She shared with me that she came to know Jesus because of what she saw God doing in us. Hearing this gave me confidence to trust God further.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: I was in awe of God at work and still am. And I still don't know how he did that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Now she and that daughter have a powerful ministry. Mm-hmm. Wow. The second memory I'd like to share is when I was carrying my fourth child. And even though I had experienced God in such a redeeming way, I was still filled with fear in each pregnancy, worrying and wondering if the baby would be healthy. One day, as I was being prayed over by a great woman of faith, she gave me a word, the child you are carrying is a prophet. Well, I was sure the baby would be a boy, since I thought prophets were all men, at least the ones in the Bible. (laughs) And I was very surprised when she was a girl, and I thought my friend had gotten the word wrong. Turns out, she is a prophet. She tells it like it is and leads people to Jesus. When she was 19, she was starting the ID program here at New Life and had been introduced to the church as one of the new interns and as a role model for young girls. I was so proud and beyond excited. This was my dream for her as she had walked several difficult years. The day she was at her ID induction retreat, I was in a conversation with my aunt and cousin about how wonderful grandchildren were. I made the statement, I hope all my kids are grown and gone before I become a grandmother. And my aunt Yvonne's response was, Oh, Grandchildren are a blessing any time you get them. Mm -hmm. I went home that night to find out I was going to be one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In that moment, my world was rocked. Mm -hmm. My answers, my plans for my daughter were no longer possible. I was angry with her, and yet I remembered my aunt's words and knew they were not only hers, but they were God's word to me too. In the days to follow, when Doug and I began blaming each other for the situation that she was in, the Lord spoke to me to instead use those moments of strife to stop and pray for our daughter and grandchild. As we did, we became unified in spiritual warfare for them and knew God was at work. When our granddaughter came home from the hospital that first morning, we were holding her and we asked God, how do you give this beautiful, precious gift through such difficult circumstances? He said to us, there are some things I understand, and you never will, but you will see the beauty in my purposes. That moment, broke the stigma. Mm -hmm. I knew God had a plan, and I began to enjoy the great blessing of my granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, our daughter married a wonderful man who loved her and loved our granddaughter just as much. Mm -hmm. Their wedding was a sovereign, beautiful completion of all we'd gone through, hoped, and prayed for. The next morning, our friend Tom shared what the Lord had shown him at the wedding. He saw a man tall as the trees with a huge bucket of paint. On the outside of the bucket, in great big letters, was the word grace. Mm -hmm. The man was walking and painting all the perimeters of the wedding site and with every pass of his paintbrush saying grace, grace, grace that was a holy moment Mm -hmm. I knew I'd heard God speak it meant grace for my daughter granddaughter and son in law grace for her past and her husband's grace for our other children and for us it was a powerful confirmation of God's faithfulness that he was at work through it all and I could trust him The last memory I have to share is a time when my son had spent years on a dark path and for many months I'd been in deep grief crying out to the Lord. One day my friend Kathy prayed for me and as she did, the grief I'd been experiencing immediately lifted and was replaced by a peace that remained. In that, God spoke an odd word to me. He said to stop praying for my son, that he'd heard my prayers, to stop offering so many words of advice and scriptures. Instead, to simply love my son, be quiet, and trust. And as I did, I began to see God at work. And it wasn't that I was never to pray for my son again, but that it was I was to rest in God and look out to see what else he had for me and to just trust in his work. When our son came to tell us a week after our daughter's wedding that he too was going to have a child without being married, this time I could rejoice because I knew God was going to work through the life of another precious baby, and he still is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Through these three difficult memories, It has been hard trusting God, but as I've I've waited and trusted, I've been learning what it means to seek him first, to say yes to him, even when it's uncomfortable. This is still a word from God for me. Sharing with you today is another example of that trust. As I proclaim the good things God has done, strongholds are being broken in me and my family.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just want to pause and take a moment because there's so much mm-hmm. in what you just shared. There's so much. Mm-hmm. And it's, it encourages me on a really deep level to hear the way in which you've allowed yourself to be open and taught by the Lord through all those dif- difficult circumstances. And I've heard your story a few times now, but I think what sticks out to me the most in this moment is was what you shared in that last piece, was how when you began to rest, then you began to see what God was doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that even with all the disappointment and the heartache and we're allowed to feel certainly. And he's with us in, in those moments, but when he peeled you back and, and kind of gently ushered you to rest and trust him, then that's when the veil of your eyes were opened and you could see Mm -hmm. perhaps what he was up to. I think that's really profound and i know it encourages me cuz i mean lauren and i were we're on the early end of this with our kiddos still very young mm-hmm. and you're much further along in your journey but for you to reflect and offer your story with us today lori is is really meaningful and powerful i know for I, for our younger mothers like yeah. lauren and i um, it instills hope in us for the journey yet to come mm.
2: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I think what it brings up for me in terms of my own story, a time when I really needed to hear the father's voice, um, was when Brian and I, we got married almost 16 years ago. And at that point in time, my heart was really not open to having any children at all. And over the process of eight years, the Lord very, very slowly began to open up this desire to have a child. And as that desire began to grow, my husband and I had some significant hurdles to overcome regarding fertility and conceiving. And it was one of the most tender, vulnerable, and really exposing times in my life with family and friends who... Cared about us so much, and were also asking frequently how the process was going. And that felt very vulnerable and exposing to have to update or give the same response of no progress. And at one point, we had experienced an early miscarriage, and I remember feeling completely filled with doubt. We had been working so hard against the obstacles, both physically and spiritually. And we were at a low point. And I remember needing to hear the father's voice. And not just to feel comfort, but to feel an assurance that we should continue on this path, that our efforts weren't uh, in vain. And it was during this time that I was helping to facilitate a counseling retreat for mothers. And one of our leaders made a beautiful stained glass ornament in the shape of a heart. For all the mother attendees. And this woman felt led by the Lord to give me one as well. And she said to me, Shannon, you already have a mother's heart, and God is going to see you through, see this through with you. And this encouraged me greatly because both words that she offered me, neither was dependent upon having a child. So she didn't promise a child but she honored my mother's heart that was already there and that God would be with me in the journey. We had no idea how it was going to to unfold. So I hung this heart, this stained glass ornament heart, in my car mirror as a visual reminder to trust him and to hope in him and to not give up. And it hung there for two years, and there were many times I wanted to take it off because It was so painful to hope. But I kept it there, and the Lord in in 2011 offered us a child, and it was really a miracle against all odds. So for me, this resonates with Proverbs 3 because when my heart gets off track, it's often because my focus, um, where my gaze is, has been taken off the Father. And my circumstances may not ever change, and I may continue to not understand, but when my focus is on him in the midst, I can have strength and hope to endure whatever that circumstance is. So ladies, if you could offer one piece of encouragement for all the mothers and grandmothers today, what would you offer
0: Giving yourself grace and forgiveness, Mm. as well as your spouse grace Mm -hmm. and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You're tired. You're hungry. You are needing to be fulfilled by God. We're all failures. um, But God makes beauty out of our ashes. Mm -hmm. And to me, he will make beauty out of my ashes of parenting. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: How about you, Lori? The one thing I know to do is to cry out to the Lord for his wisdom. In matters big and small, he will give it liberally. Mm -hmm. Don't be the fixer or the rescuer. Mm -hmm. Trust him to do the work. Listen for his voice. He is faithful to a thousand generations of those who love him. I have seen his faithfulness in five generations and Mm -hmm. counting. Mm -hmm. I think the piece of encouragement
1: that I would love to offer is to not go this journey alone. That for those of us who do feel alone today, find a way to reach out and to speak out to another person everything that feels complicated or the fears that are coming up, or the struggles, or even the victories, the things that are going really well, or the joy that you're experiencing. And then to invite that person to declare God's promises over you, and you do the same for her, and to do that for each other. Um, Having that in my life, having a small group of women in which I can do that with is such a lifeline for me in order to endure this, this world and everything that comes up. So have two or three women to share life with on a soul level, I would say is my, my bit of encouragement and charge for all of us to continue to be vulnerable with each other in a, in a meaningful way and to keep our gaze on him and to keep pausing and resting and in, inviting his voice into our daily life. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for being with us today.
0: Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canby4square.com